The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You are now about to take a journey with professional advisors Ken Smith and Ethan Broga on Empirical Investing Radio. To connect with Empirical Investing Radio, please call 1-866-472-5790. Fasten your seatbelts. You're going to need them. Just because the hosts have a sense of humor does not mean their advice won't change your life. Good afternoon and welcome to Empirical Investing Radio. This is Ken Smith. And today on our investment journey, we won't be we won't be joined by Ethan Broga. He's spending some high quality family time. You know that's important, Simon. Got to take care of uh, the family unit. Uh, so instead, we have we have investment expert Lauren Enquest, who is a cert- certified public accountant, has a master's degree in uh, taxation, and is also a PFS, which is the accounting's solution to the Certified Financial Planner designation. Lauren is the head of our uh, tax planning division of Empirical Wealth Management. Good afternoon, Lauren. Hi, Ken. It's great to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you. I think this is your first time on the show. Yes, it is. With us. And uh, I thought it'd be nice to have Lauren in as we are days away from the end of the year. I thought we could talk, start to show off today, Lauren, talking about some uh, year-end tax planning to the degree that there's time to do any of that. Sure. Just reviewing some of the things that uh, that our listeners and investors should be should consider while there is a, still a couple of days, and then also maybe talk a little bit about how they can begin to plan um, their tax strategies for next year. And then I thought that might lead us into a discussion about how they could revisit their financial plan, use their, you know, everyone kind of does their New Year's resolutions and sometimes we take the time to reflect on the past year and the decisions and goals that we set and how we did. It'd be a good time to talk about some investing and planning resolutions. Um, I thought we could roll into that. How does that sound? That sounds great. Sounds like a good time. Uh, Before we do all that, normally Ethan gives out our Information, but I will do that today, if that's okay with you, Lauren. Perfect. Sounds sounds good. Uh, if you want to reach us during the show today, we are recording live. Today's Thursday. I believe it's December 29th to, to approximately 2 o'clock here in, in the Empirical Tower in Seattle, downtown Seattle. According to uh, to Simon's, uh, our crack engineer's, uh, his, his watch, which is set to, world, what is it, the world clock or whatever? Uh, he, he fancies his timepieces. Uh, the number here is 866-472-5790 if you want to call in live and uh, give us a buzz. Oh, yeah. Keep those phones ringing. We will be uh, – we're not taking donations, are we, Simon? No. Okay. Just just calls. And, 
And you might call if you have a question about, uh, you know, today we're talking about tax planning a little bit and then also some financial planning. Maybe you've got things going on in your life, decisions that you're trying to make, and um, and or you just want to run an idea by us. So give us a call, 866-472-5790. If you want to send us an email, we're monitoring that throughout the show as well. And uh, if you have a question you want us to read during the program or comment about something we're talking about, do that at, at uh, contact at EMPIRadio.com, contact at EMPIRadio.com. If you are a professional advisor anywhere around the country, uh, we are looking to grow our, our business around the country and serve clients. We already have clients all over the place, but we'd like to have physical offices. So uh, we'd love to have you contact us directly to talk about career opportunities with Empirical Wealth Management. And if you're an individual listening to this program and you like what we've been saying about investing in financial planning and you're looking for a fee-only uh, registered investment advisor to have a relationship with, Empirical might be a good place for you. And we'd love to take you through our initial process of getting to know you and you discovering about us and what we do for clients. So uh, please feel free to contact us for that. And if you want to call the firm directly, you can call us at one 800 923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. And feel free to ask for Ken, Lauren, Ethan, Michael Van Sant, any of us. Be happy to talk to you and, and figure out if, if we can uh, help you make a lifetime of smart financial decisions, which is part of the part of the objective of the show here, Lauren. All right. I think I think that sums it up. So it's uh, year end, Lauren. Do you yes. have? I uh, thought maybe we could kind of revisit some of the basic things about tax planning and relate them to investment accounts and IRA accounts and those kinds of things. Uh, you have some ideas you want to? Yeah, start definitely. With? All right. With a couple of days here before the year end um, and only one trading day, I guess the most urgent urgent matter would be to look at your your portfolio to see if there's any losses on investments that you would like to like to get rid of and uh, go ahead and sell those securities tomorrow and capture that loss to be able to report it on your 2011 tax return. Um, that will offset capital gains um, that you've accumulated through the year and you would have a $3,000 uh, extra amount that you can offset uh, Ordinary income throughout the year. So is that still the current uh, rule, Lauren? Is three thousand on your ordinary income? Yes, it's still okay. three thousand, and uh, it's been that for some time. For some time, yes, it has not adjusted for inflation. Um, it's definitely something that always comes up because, uh, unfortunately, a lot of investors over the last few years have accumulated quite a few losses. But uh, current time, it's still only three thousand. And those losses do carry forward uh, indefinitely. So there's no, there's sometimes the IRS puts uh, limits on the on different types of losses, and you only can carry those forward for five years. But for a capital loss, it can go forever. So let me ask a couple questions on that before we move on to the next topic. Uh, I think when we do year-round tax loss harvesting for our clients in taxable accounts. And what that means, if you're listening, is we don't normally wait until the very end of the year and look for 
securities or investments that have a decline in value that we can sell and capture a loss for tax purposes. We have a tendency to do it throughout the year. And part of the reason we do that is you just mentioned, Lauren, that you can carry forward that tax loss uh, bank. It'll get reported on your, your income tax statement and on the Schedule D, and then there's a carry forward that gets forwarded into the next year. And you mentioned it's inde- indefinitely. And if you're a couple, I'm assuming that works then if a spouse passes away, the, the remaining spouse gets to continue to carry that forward. Is that correct? Yes, correct. Okay. So I think one thing where, where, where investors that I've met with, Lauren, are, they don't realize that it can be carried forward into the future. Mm-hmm. Um, they often realize that, it, that they can get $3,000 off uh, on the ordinary side. So then what's the benefit, you might be asking? What would be the benefit of banking these? Well, if we go through a significant bull market for an extended period of time and think back through the in 80s and 90s, were actually quite good periods of time for stocks. Um, and you'd have some pretty nice capital gains built up. Being able to bank the loss, even if you're not getting to use it all in one year's ordinary uh, income, you can use it to offset future capital gains as well each year. And we're big believers in diversified mutual fund investing, no load, of course. And again, we use when we use funds, we're using the funds that have expense ratios in the bottom 10% of expense costs. So um, they're very cost-effective and efficient. And some of the ETFs out there distribute little or no capital gains. But ultimately, the, some of the investments that you hold may distribute, if you're, particularly if you're using funds, capital gains. Um, and if you are doing individual stocks, in order to stay in balance periodically, you would need to rebalance. And if you were in retirement, you'd need to get income out of your portfolio in addition to rebalancing. And when you do that, particularly when we're in a very low interest rate environment, Lauren, uh, a lot of times it means you're going to have to sell some securities in order to get the income you know, rather than just buy enough with the dividend yield or, or interest yield. Um, and so it having that tax loss can always be used to offset the game, the capital gains, and that's unlimited. And another area where I think a lot of people don't realize uh, at least this has been my personal experience, and you chime in here, Lauren, any time, mm-hmm. is that that loss can be used for other capital assets, like you own a rental property or an apartment complex or some other piece of real estate or a business that you sell that would have uh, otherwise triggered capital gains. And I think a lot of people don't realize that um, in their taking losses on their, their publicly traded securities, stocks and bonds, that they can use that loss against those other capital assets. That's true. I, those A couple of those examples you mentioned as far as business and rental, there's going to be a portion of that gain may or may not be uh, classified as something other than capital law, capital gain, um, but, but there probably would be a portion that would be cap, uh, classified as capital gain. And also a sell of a residence. Um, we have exclusions now, but sometimes uh, if, if you bought at the right time and, and your house is inflated nicely, uh, you'll be way, way above the, the exclusion the IRS gives you, and you'll be able to use the capital losses to offset uh, that, that gain you would have to recognize otherwise. Um, but also, going, selling throughout the year, it's a much more thoughtful, strategic process than just trying to squeeze it in 
at the end of the year just because the end of the year is there. Yeah, and um, sometimes that opportunity, if you look back, uh, the market dips very, you know, has a significant decline or a short-term dip, recovers very quickly, and by the end of the year, in a lot of cases, if you think of 2009, right, the market bottomed in March. By the end of the year, you had a huge recovery uh, in some of the asset classes that had, had declined significantly. So waiting to the end of the year really limits your opportunity to do this uh, to one point in time in, in the market. We've got to take a break. We've got a lot more tax ideas for you. We'll be right back. Business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor? Or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management, inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at EmpiricalFS.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. Tune into the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Do you want to know what's really going on these days? Well, Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in Washington, on Wall Street, and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day. We're taking you on a behind-the-scenes tour of all of it. Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. Okay, welcome back to Empirical Investing Radio. Ken here with uh, Lauren Enquist, CPA 
with a master's in taxation. Uh, Lauren, thanks again for coming on the show today. It's great to be here. We were talking about uh, the uh, year-end tax loss harvesting opportunity for the last couple of days here, and uh, we're going to go kind of continue through various uh, items that you might want to check off your list here when you're doing your year-end planning, and, and a lot of this would go forward into next year. And uh, I'd love to uh, periodically on the show here have tax updates. As I know there's a lot of potential uh, pending tax changes that will hit, and depending on the election, I think we'll see. We've seen some already. Some of the candidates have some interesting ideas sure, yeah. <laughs> for changing the tax code. So I'd love to keep you abreast of, uh, as our listener, of tax code changes as they arrive. And make sure that you're maximizing your opportunity. And one of the certainly one of the most sure ways of keeping your wealth or growing your wealth uh, that doesn't rely on predicting the stock market is to minimize unnecessary taxes. So. That being said, again, if you want to contact us and chime in on any of this, maybe you're a CPA and you have some other ideas you want to throw into the, the mix, call us at uh, 866-472-5790. All right, Lorenzo, um, you wanted to make a couple of comments about the, we were talking about the tax lossing, loss harvesting. Yeah, well, uh, one thing that we didn't touch on is just to make sure you – uh, don't run afoul of the, the wash sale rules, which basically says you can't sell a position only to buy it back within 30 days. Uh, so I couldn't sell um, a stock I own today and then buy it back tomorrow and think I'm going to be able to take those losses on my tax return. I have to be out for 30 days, and then on the 31st day, then I can reestablish that position um, if we're talking about the same same security. Is it 30 days or is it 60 days? It's 30. Okay. Uh, I, I was just verifying on that. Um, that's a good, that is a very good uh, note. And one of the advantages of the way that we invest, we, we call it structured asset class investing. It's because we are really trying to pinpoint particular groups of stocks within a market or bonds. Uh, it enables us to create very like substitutes, and they're they're like enough to, so that uh, we participate in the in the returns of that asset class. I mean, you certainly wouldn't want to sit in in cash for for 30 days, or uh, rather than stock. Those are not good substitutes for one another. They'd be very different investment vehicles, creatures, mm-hmm. uh, and so. If you said, okay, well, I own shares of Microsoft, what would be a, a good substitute for Microsoft? You know, and, and it would be pretty difficult to find a, an ideal substitute that wouldn't tri- trigger those those wash sales. Sure. You, you can't just go around and say, well, I'll sell the stock and buy a, a, a call option because depending on how you do that, that can trigger the wash sales. Well, correct. I think there's some language in there that it, if it's substantially the same or um, no, you're right. put you in the same financial position. So. But when you have broad groups of securities, I believe it's much easier to say if I'm dealing with an emerging markets fund, um, I can find one that pretty much captures emerging markets but doesn't have the same exact replication of the positions. Um, and you know this may be tested, I guess, by the IRS, but I haven't heard of it with any of the securities that we've done being a problem 
when we're doing swaps um, because there's enough choices. It becomes very, very difficult to do this. Uh, the fewer the securities that are in a particular in a, in a particular fund or investment that you're trying to replicate, mm-hmm. because it's harder to replicate one stock, right, or ten stocks with substitute stocks than it is a thousand. Um, right. By the nature of recreating the index. Carry on, amigo. Yeah. Well, I, the uh, next item would be to make sure with only two days away, charitable contributions. If you're planning on doing it, get it done. You have two days to do it. I'm, I'm, I would assume most of the charities are going to be open on Saturday to to receive receive those gifts. But uh, I mean, even even things like taking taking the items uh, to Salvation Army, um, etc. You just want to get it in now um, to make sure you be able to take advantage of it. Are you uh, offering to drive around and pick pick those <laughs> items up? I am not. Okay. I think we get some calls. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> on that last thing real quick, I you know where I was thinking the 60-some days is because that wash sale rule applies to 30 days prior and, and after. Oh, that's So correct. the total yeah. is something like 60. You've got to have 61 sure. days or whatever because right. um, I knew there was something about the 60-day yeah. rule, and that is because you can't buy the security th- within a 30-day period that you're going to sell it or 30 days after. Correct. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So you wouldn't – I mean, that's example. You couldn't – we talked about selling the stock the day after or buying the stock the day after. Well, you couldn't buy it the day two days before and then sell it sell the uh, the amount with the loss yeah, two days after. There's a kind of a pre-sell and a post-sell mm-hmm. period that, I'm sure that spans been, 60 some days. Exactly. Yeah. It's all been tried before and that's how they <laughs> that's why the code is yeah. so thick. That's why it's so yeah. juicy. Okay. You're I, talking about charitable contributions. Uh, yeah, well, so you have a couple days there to get get those in and uh, also uh, um, just any other uh, Itemized deductions. If, if you're going to make a mortgage payment um, on the, you planning on doing it, you know, the first week of January, why don't you get it done this week and get that interest uh, counted towards your 2011 uh, tax return itemized deductions into, instead of 2012. Um, I like where your head's at. Yeah. Can we talk about the charitable stuff for sure. a second? Yeah, let's go back. Um, I don't, well, a couple of things. Uh, I use uh, another many. I think several brokerage firms probably offer this, but I, you know, we use Schwab as a one of our primary custodians for our clients' assets. I personally have my accounts there, so um, they have a, a pretty cool account, and uh, and I don't know that a lot of people know about it, but it's a charitable account, um, and it's set up in such a way that you can contribute cash, um, you can uh, contribute appreciated securities um, and some other interesting assets actually into this thing. And you don't have to make the decision. Um, It's called a donor-advised fund, actually. And if you just Google donor-advised funds, you can pull up data. You can probably dig into the IRS code a little bit on this. But uh, if you go to schwabcharitable.org, they've got their data right there on, on this. And like I said, I have one. And it, that way you can, uh, if you wanted to make, um, as you had alluded to making, uh, putting things, lumping things into a single tax year. Mm-hmm. So maybe you want to um, to put 
2011s, but also 2012s worth of contributions. So maybe it's every other year you're doing this. Uh, you can stick it into this account and um, and then donate it over whatever. Actually, it's a pretty lengthy period of time. As long as the fund as a whole is run, where they're making dist- general distributions, you don't necessarily have to make any distribution in a single year. So it's kind of an interesting um, vehicle that is an alternative to uh, very expensive foundation type mm-hmm. things. But it, it just allows you to quickly put money. I don't know if at this point um, there's enough time, say, at a Schwab, if they would let you open one, you'd have to talk to them. But um, it is a pretty cool account that you can just put money in. And particularly if you go ahead and take uh, publicly traded stock, it's kind of a pain to uh, – and I know it's probably not as fun for the charity that you're contributing to. One of the benefits, right, Lauren, of putting – if you have an appreciated stock and you gift that to the charity, do you want to explain what the benefit of that is? Sure. If it's a long-term capital gain stock and you uh, contribute it to a qualified charity, you get the full deduction of the fair market value. Um, you don't have to um, – report any gain on it and and the charity of course gets the the full benefit um versus if um if you have had sold it and give given them the cash then you end up recognizing that that long-term capital gain and then and then give the cash uh so it's a you get to skip the middleman in this case and uh and get the get the full value of the of the donation but the thing to remember there is that it is long-term capital gain um securities and not you can't do that with short term um, or else you only get the uh, the value of the basis the price you paid for it excellent um, so if you had that long term capital gain stock and say you had five or ten different charities you wanted to spread your gift across you'd have to actually wire in the, that stock into each one of those charities in order to make this work and then you have to get the DTC instructions um Kind of the broker instructions, and then and then the charity kind of takes this equity risk until they you know can sell it mm-hmm. theoretically. Yeah. Um, so what I like about the donor advised fund is you could simply make one transfer into that, sell the stock in once it's in the fund, and then the donor advised fund would send cash to the charities. So in theory, we'd you'd really be able to accomplish the same thing with a lot less. Issues and hassles for yeah. both sides, because mm-hmm. I'm pretty confident that most of the charities aren't in the business of um, making stock decisions. You know, like, sure. hey, should we hang on to this? Yeah, or <laughs> so they it, shouldn't be. That's yeah, sure. um, hopefully they're not. And so my experience has been typically they want to liquidate that stock as quickly as possible, mm-hmm. but it is a little bit of an administrative hassle. So, and just uh, you touched on it, people. Get excited when they want to want to do a give to charities, and they want to create a private foundation. If they come upon a lump of money, it, it's a lot more expensive to run a private foundation than I think people really understand. Uh, even with a couple million dollars, uh, something like the donor advised fund would be, make a lot more sense, be a lot more efficient. Um, you don't have to pay a accountant to file a tax return. That's uh, pretty complex. Um, so, yeah, it's a great alternative for sure. All right. Well, we've got about a minute. You want to uh, press on? Sure. Uh, well, I guess uh, the, the student 
student loan interest as well, just like the mortgage payment. Get those in before the year end. Um, and then December 31st is not a deadline for an IRA contribution, but start thinking about that. You have till April 17th, 2012 of this year uh, or um, of 2012 to get a 2011 IRA contribution made. Uh, so start thinking about getting that money together. Let's pick up on the IRA discussion when we come back in from this break. Is that okay? That's perfect. All right, we'll be right back. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. We spend 70% of our week in the office. What is the difference between enjoying your job and enduring it? The number one motivator is a positive work environment. And that's where Real Recognition Radio comes in. Join your hosts, Roy Saunderson and S. Max Brown, as they take a look at the positive factors of the workplace, such as employee rewards, recognition, incentives, and much more. Tune in to Real Recognition Radio, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor? Or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management, inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at empiricalfs.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. Stock prices plunging, home prices receding, and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. Okay, we're actually back with Ken and Lauren. And we are talking about tax strategies that uh, we can utilize here in the last next couple of days, but also would be good to uh, keep in mind as you are going throughout 2012. 
And Orin, going into the break, we, you were starting to talk about IRA, making IRA contributions. Yes, yes. So uh, the limit is $5,000, and that's going to be for 2011, where, like I said, you Five have... Five large. Yeah, that's right. And you have until uh, April 17th of 2012, of 2012 to make your 2011 contribution. Nice. And, uh, nice. And then... As soon as we get into 2012, you can go ahead and make your 2012 contribution, but you have until uh, filing day of 2013 to get that accomplished. And then another point there is uh, just you, you also can do a spousal contribution, which as long as one of the uh, spouses is working and has income, then they can uh, fund both uh, both spouses' IRAs. Um, and so you want to make sure you take advantage of that. So if the uh, there is a non-working spouse in the household, even though they don't have didn't contribute any earned income, they can make a, an IRA contribution. So theoretically, someone who's um, under age fifty can do a maximum of ten thousand for a couple, even if one of the couples, uh, one of the spouses, did not work. Is that what you're saying? That is correct. To make sure I... That is correct. And I guess the only point, You are correct, sir. That the only point there is uh, to make sure that uh, the total of the income earned is over the $10,000 that you want to contribute. But uh, You have to have at least that amount of household income to make the contribution. That is correct. Okay. Yes. So now we get into a little more sticky situation. <laughs> and... Um, when you talk about somebody who is is uh, working and now participating in a in a four hundred one k, how does that change things? Well, they have uh, two options. Well, they actually have three options depending on how much money they're making. But uh, there's different limits the IRS sets. If they want to make a deductible IRA when they're participating in their company plan, they have to meet uh, a pretty stringent. Uh, um, income level. Uh, if you're married, filing jointly, it's uh, ninety thousand household income. Um, you start being disallowed to make any uh, deductible contributions to an IRA. Um, but they also always there's no limit on being able to make a non-deductible contribution to a traditional IRA. IRA, uh, IRA. Um, and that's still that's still a benefit because all that uh, income or that uh, investment will grow tax deferred. Uh, and then, maybe we should talk about that then the, the, the different types of IRA accounts. I think uh, my speculation is the reason why a lot of people don't participate is they either don't really know about it or they just don't they kind of don't understand the differences and then they just put off the decision. Sure, and um, or you know, even if they're if they're participating in the four hundred one k, they think, well, that's all I can do. Mm-hmm. Um, let's describe here what what these different buckets are. Sure. Well, you have a traditional IRA, and as we discussed, you can make a deductible contribution, which is clearly you get to deduct it off your tax return uh, for two thousand eleven. If you qualify, if you're under the uh, uh, the income threshold. Now, if you don't participate in a 401k and your spouse doesn't, 
there is no income limit to make a deductible, right? That's correct. Okay. So it's it's really when you get into you're now participating in a company plan that you have to worry about income limits. That's true. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, and now you can still, even if you don't uh, pass the, the uh, limits test, you can still make a contribution to that traditional IRA. The only problem being you don't get a deduction. But you still get to put that money in, and, um, and it's still, I mean, tax deferred for, for years and years and possibly decades, depending on how old you are, um, which is a, a big benefit. Um, now, the other option, so that's a traditional IRA. Now, the other option is a, a Roth IRA, and there, there's limits. If you're married filing jointly, it starts at 169000 where you start being limited on how much you can actually contribute, but uh, it's 169 for 2011. Yes, it is. So I'm doing my I'm doing my 401k, and um, and I want to figure out, hey, can I can I do some more in a Roth? Yep, it's 169. Yes, for a couple. For a couple. Okay. 107. A, a double. For us for a single filer. Uh, 107. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, so now a Roth IRA, you do not get a deduction, but when you take that money out at retirement, it's tax-free. Uh, now, the tr- if you remember the traditional where you don't get a deduction, that's just tax-deferred. When you take that money out, you need to pay tax on it. But the Roth, the beauty of the Roth is when that money comes out, it's tax-free. So if you put... A thousand dollars into that Roth, and it grew to be a million dollars because you hired a guy like Lauren at Empirical to manage this thing. Um, I'm just 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 kidding around. Um, <laughs> hold on a second. Okay. Oh, come on, ladies. So if you did do that, that would be the advantage. You pull a million bucks out. Where if it was in a pre-tax. Uh, IRA account. Okay, get Simon. Can you get these girls out of here? Uh, if you if you did it in a pre-tax and yet you you got a thousand dollar deduction, say you were in a thirty percent bracket, so save three hundred dollars of taxes. But if it grew to be a million dollars and you pulled it all out, depending on what the tax structure is like, that could be close to forty percent in the future, right? On sure. something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, now you're talking about four hundred thousand dollars going to taxes, where yes. in the Roth scenario that four hundred thousand goes directly in your pocket. That's true. And the the after tax um, traditional IRA, I I have a little comment about that. Um, I'm not sure how good of a deal that is if if you defer the tax only to build up this large bucket for the for the IRS. So again, let's use that example. I put a thousand bucks into the traditional. I didn't get a deduction, um, and now it grows to a million bucks, and uh, I pull it out. The nine hundred ninety-nine thousand dollars gets taxed at my ordinary income rate. So again, could be close to four hundred thousand dollars worth of tax. If I kept the thousand bucks, put it in a taxable account, and I again had a guy like Lauren who works with Empirical and did a very tax efficient. Portfolio, um, I could I could theoretically manage some of that to be capital gains if the if this if the current 
favorable treatment on capital gains data, and we're currently for long-term gains, it's 15%, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Rather than rather than a than a you know 30 to 40 percent ordinary income tax bracket. So it all depends, I, I think, on how you look at that. But the general idea is saving something, and and if you can do the Roth, my advice would be to, to if, as, as as long as you can qualify for the Roth, I would do choose that over the the after tax. Um, traditional, you know, the non-deductible. I would agree with that. Okay, I would agree that, with that that was my real point. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. Okay. Uh, yeah, the uh, after-tax IRA, IRA. You're right. Um, your point is right. Uh, you know, I think many people probably struggle or don't pay attention or, and don't put the emphasis on tax efficiency. So um, it, it would benefit them. But you're right. I mean, I, your scenario is true. The numbers are true. So um, it just depends on your approach and, and who's handling it. If you have the time and and uh, and and knowledge to to, to attack uh, invest in a tax efficient manner. All right. Proceed onward. And uh, so I guess in the other the other point where we didn't touch on, but if you have a chance to put more money in your 401k here before the year end and, and many people don't because of the structure of the the uh, uh, HR their firm but uh, if you do it's 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 a good opportunity to to get a bigger tax break um, than you would have otherwise um, yeah so and more 401ks uh, if you don't mind me chiming in here mm-hmm. More 401ks are offering uh, a Roth and a traditional option. So a pre-tax, right, within our company 401k, -hmm. you have the choice of participating in it and maxing it out. Do you have the max for the 2011? Is it $16,000? Is that the the daily out? Yep, $16,500. $500. So you could put all of that in the Roth side. And the cool part about that in your 401k if you're not doing it if you're not maxing out your 401k you are missing out on a tax gift there um i'd like to when we come back we gotta take a quick break maybe finish up on that and and come up with some final tax tips in our last segment we'll be right back thank you when it comes to business you'll find the experts here Voice America Business Network. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor? Or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management, inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at empiricalfs.com. That's E-M-P. I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S dot com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. Okay, welcome back. This is your friend Ken here with uh, CPA extraordinaire Lauren Enquest up at the uh, Empirical Towers. Um, Lauren, we were we were talking about um, the four hundred one k before. The, hey, I told you so. These get them out uh, before we went into the breaks. Our last segment. Let's get some sizzling hot tax tips. Continue that. Well, one thing I want to touch on, and it has to do with the IRAs and the 401k and and really financial planning, a lot of people, when they're starting out, starting out where they want to save, they know they need to start thinking about their financial future, and they ask, Lauren, where do I get started? How do I get started? What's what's the first step I need to take? I would look right at your 401k. I would look at your IRAs. You want to it's kind of a nice mental compartment here where if you the first thing you do you try to max out your 401k and you try to fund your your IRAs uh, completely and I mean that's a great place to start for for anyone starting out um, if you can start doing that and then build on it from there well and I I think you make a, a very good point and maybe sometimes people uh, I know they're doing this auto enroll program right but um you have to make some decisions about investing, mm-hmm. and and my advice are, would be that uh, if you don't have a lot of experience and you're not getting connected to an advisor, mm-hmm. um, somebody who can help you through this, then go to use the resources that are available. Most 401ks they're getting better and better about this. In the past, they weren't very good about providing education or tools to help you develop uh, an investment plan or or to get the right allocation of investments. But a lot of them now do have that, and they also have we, – we actually offer uh, 401k management. So if you are a company out there and you're looking for a good advisor to help you set up your investment options uh, and build, we've built models, um, and you can use age-based models. So, hey, someone based on how old they are, how long they're going to be investing until they need to start withdrawing. Uh, these age-based options take the starting level of uh, risk that you're willing to take and then begin to adjust that down over time as you get closer and closer. And the value of that is the last thing you want when you get close to retirement is you built up a nice nest egg and then have a huge stock market decline because you didn't adjust the allocation. You didn't become more conservative over time. And uh, a lot of studies show that, that people you know, do naive approaches where they just take the total number of fund choices and they split it evenly between them, even though they're completely different risk parameters. It's really not the way you do that, and and we'd love to help you again if you if you if that's something that's been holding you back. You know, give us a call, uh, and we'd love to help you filter through how you would make those choices. But uh, don't let that stop you. And it's simpler often is better. Okay, Lauren, go ahead. Yeah, I guess one last uh, one last tip would be the required minimum distribution. Um, if you're dealing with that and you are charitable, charitably inclined, 
you can contribute up to $100,000 from your IRA that would be treated as a required minimum distribution uh, and donate that amount straight to a charity. Um, so you don't have to recognize the income and it gets counted as the required minimum distribution. That's a pretty good deal. Oh, you know, one other thing for year-end, uh, Lauren, that uh, is, a, is kind of a big deal because it's something that we also have been planning around pretty much throughout the year, and we often do multi-year plans on this, is Roth conversions. Sure. Do you want to talk about that? For We've got some time, so yeah. Well, let's light this candle. <laughs> uh, Roth conversions, uh, it's uh, when, when it's uh, done with a very strategic approach can be very beneficial. And it's basically being able to to move over those traditional contributions that would be fully taxed um, when you took them out or when you were required to take them out through uh, required minimum distributions into the the, Roth IRAs where they come out tax-free. Now, the crucial point here is the tax rates and what tax rates you are going to pay when you convert versus what tax rates you would be paying when you take the money out. Um, So obviously there's a lot of planning that goes into it and uh, you want to just take advantage of of times in your life. And often this is when someone initially retires where they can uh, transfer that money over into a Roth IRA, pay a low tax bracket, uh, to pay a low tax rate because they're not currently making any income. Talk to me. <laughs> and then uh, have it all set there to be uh, taken out at their at their leisure at uh, at zero tax rate uh, from their Roth. Now, if you've got various buckets, uh, you've got a 401k, you've got a traditional IRA that's pre-tax, you have one that was after-tax, traditional. How, how does that work when you're converting? Well, the you, average person here. Sure, you have to com- when you convert, you have to look at all your traditional buckets, all your 401k, etc. Put them together, um, and then uh, when you're looking at basis, because you only have to the amount you pay tax on when it went in. That's after tax. You don't need to you don't need to pay tax on that. Um, but you can't just have one account that has. Um, you know the basis equal to the fair market value, and say you're just going to convert that. You have to, you have to keep in mind and uh, accumulate all of your, all of your, uh, your retirement, all your IRAs, 401ks. You have to accumulate all those when you are converting over, um, and then it's a pro rata, um, pro rata, pro rata basis. basis. <laughs> Well, that's pretty cool. Well, I have a, if we have a couple of minutes here, I have a couple other things I wanted to run by. I was reading about, uh, Lauren got a little tune in the background here. Kind of set the mood right for it. Um, the, uh, uh, um, let me pull up the one I was thinking about. I think you, I think you nailed it, Lauren. Oh, there's something about the residential energy credit. Are you familiar with with that? Install the right energy efficient property in your home, such as insulation, doors, and windows, to qualify 
for a federal tax credit up to 500 simoleons. That's the aggregate total credit you can claim, including amounts you claimed in prior years. The credit expires Saturday. Go online, irs.gov. So I think I guess if, if you were thinking about doing those things anyway, you could do it. Sure, and you just want to check with your the retail store. They should be able to uh, give you all the information you need on that of what qualifies and, and uh, um, even probably the, the web's the website of the IRS and the forms to use to, to claim that. I guess one other thing is, is uh, uh, sales tax is deductible oh, right, for 2011. Right. That was it. That was it. Yeah, so if there was a – and uh, vehicles, a major purchase like that, um, that amount is added to um, just a regular uh, – portion of uh, they use some kind of table right that, that's right yeah. you get a table mount plus a large purchase like that so um, if you're going to buy a car in early to January then maybe it's uh, consider doing it now <laughs> and take advantage to get that in, into the 2011 and that's that's one of those uh, deductions that you never know from year to year if it's going to be back because um, they always threaten that it's not going to be back it, it has been for the last few years but uh one of these days, uh, they say they're going to take it away from us. So, well, one of the, um, yeah, I think those are some really good tax ideas. I mean, clearly, there's other things, but with only a few days, uh, these are things that we would try to focus on: getting those IRA contributions in, and uh, and some of the other uh, charitable and and tax loss harvesting ideas that you shared, Lorno. All fantastic things that I think you, you, we can still get done if possible, and. I was going to say, hey, if there was some time, and I think we only have a minute or two here, but uh, talking about really planning out your financial objectives, use your, your the impetus from your your New Year's uh, resolutions. Well, maybe we can talk more about this starting next week's show. A checklist of things if you want to start to get your financial house in order. And, uh, you know, the bigger picture things are the things that I would like to focus on, the things that really make a difference between a successful retirement in comfort in the lifestyle that, that you would like to maintain and not being able to do that. And uh, so I, I would really love to to delve into that, um, you know, next week, Lauren, on the show and, and talk a little bit about, hey, where are some of the big uh, – you had mentioned earlier that – People ask you, and they ask me all the time, and so we're, we're putting hopefully several books together over time that we can share all the ideas that we've developed over decades of working with people and, and watching how the public um, handles their finances. And we know a large percentage do not have any financial plan, something like 70%, and, and aren't confident in their ability that they're going to have enough money to retire. And it shouldn't be that because of an economic downturn that we're in. Um, you know what I, you know what I yeah, mean? Like yeah. I think that the media, the way they write that up is, well, it's it's because we're in this recession or whatever. But if if you've got enough time, and what surprised me about those statistics, as we've mentioned them on the show, is that those statistics are are worse for the younger group than they are for the older group. Mm. That's a group that has a very in the twenties. People in their 20s don't have a plan, and, they, and they're not confident that they're going to be able to retire. Well, they have a long, long period to, to map that out, so there's no excuse for that. Right. So when we come back, 
next week. That's what I'd like to start talking about. That's great. Thanks again for coming on, Lauren. And yeah, thank, thank you, Jen. Thank you for listening and uh, tune in next week. Have a great week. hope you've enjoyed Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and Ethan Broga. Please join us again next Thursday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And for more information about Empirical Investing Radio, please call 800-923-4307. We'll see you next week. 